Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. With us today is Corey Thomas, who's making his first run for political office, running for Peoria mayor. He is challenging three-term incumbent Jim Artis and is also running against G. Marie Kennel. Corey, I'd like to start off by giving you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your experience, and who you are. Well, thanks, Chris, for having having me tonight. Uh, a little bit about me is uh, I come from a, a long line of leaders in our community. Uh, I, I was born and raised around them, born and raised in Peoria, actually. Uh, so uh, I'm using that as a, a, a platform for who I am. Uh, I have a good mind for business. Uh, I'm a visionary. So I see a lot of things that are, are uh, that I think we can bring and improve in our in our city from a uh, s- citizen standpoint. But at the same same time, uh, I'm the type of person that won't be afraid to take risk, won't be uh, in, in, in reasonable risk. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not uh, uh, nervous about jumping into this race. I know it's my first uh, go at uh, poli- politics, but I am very knowledgeable about it. Uh, and, and I think big, so I don't necessarily need to start somewhere uh, where other people may think I need to start. But I also think think that is going to be uh, something that our leadership need to display for our community to get to where we need to be. So, mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some of those big thoughts and dive right in. What sorts of issues drive your platform uh, or things that you would want to, to focus on and accomplish if, if you're fortunate enough to get elected? So creating wealth in our, in our community economically is uh, a major point uh, because I believe that's going to open up to the other issues that we have and address those issues uh, like crime and, and education but uh, transportation things like that those are issues that we're going to face uh, as a community and to be a stable community uh, economic growth is going to be huge uh, diversify, diversifying our city uh, bringing and celebrating our cultures uh, are things that Peoria is lacking so that and, and, and bringing that, that idea of, of shopping local to our downtown area and just really representing and spending time with these business owners and uh, really supporting them. Mm-hmm. Now, Peoria and Peoria County together have have had a shop local campaign that they've done mm-hmm. the last couple of years, and, and I want to take that as, as an example of how, how you would improve that or, or some of the other economic development efforts that you see out there. Uh, what would you do to put, put a different stamp on those things for the city? Uh, generally, I, I can do for myself in this position as mayor, I would uh, definitely give a heads up that I will support these businesses, you know, for lunch or, or breakfast or dinner, uh, using our media, such as Peoria Journal Star and Travelers Weekly, we would kind of just give that idea out there and say, you know, let, let's gather the community or a handful of people or, you know, 
tens or 20 of people and let's just go celebrate this business. Let's let's give it a boost. And that's just from a regular human citizen's standpoint, mm -hmm. my mentality behind it. So after that, I mean, in this office, I would definitely uh, give incentives to our small and local businesses. Uh, focus on those businesses growing and, and, and be it as it may, we will need private companies to come in, mm -hmm. but our focus shouldn't be there. We need to create and grow our businesses here to create the wealth and the diversity and, and, and celebrate our culture uh, from the ideas that we have and the talents that we have hmm. now. Okay, and, and what what are we not doing that we should be in, in terms of helping incentivize those local businesses? Certainly, you'd point to, to some others from out of the area or, or that don't have a presence here that we've incentivized before, but what what are we not doing to help those local homegrown businesses that we could be doing? Uh, I, I think we're not giving them the right exposure uh, as a as a community. Uh, I should say City Hall is not giving them that right encouragement. Uh, I think these things should be highlighted in our media. That's one way of doing it. Uh, so that and giving them ideas, taking their ideas, listening to them, talking with them, spending time with them are, are all used. Making myself available, not in an office, but uh, in mm -hmm. their business, in their offices. Uh, like I said, inviting the community to uh, meet me for lunch and just to have a regular casual conversation, just to look across the table and uh, utilize the services that we're in uh, for that, that, that business. So those are some things. Uh, Incentive-wise, we have to take a look at it uh, with the, the developers here in Peoria or the entrepreneurs here in, in Peoria. Just take a look at it and, and see any other ways that they see uh, that their needs are. And we can meet those needs uh, from our standpoint as a, a community or if City Hall and uh, just meet those needs and, and help them. Get, and that incentive would be maybe mm -hmm. financial, maybe time, or maybe some exposure. Okay. All right. Excellent. Um, the city itself it does several things to either incentivize business growth or works with others to do that. Uh, for, for people who are looking to, to start something up or, or go through the permitting process, they offer the one-stop shop mm -hmm. to – come in and be able to meet with all of the relevant entities at once mm -hmm. to get as many approvals as they can or find out how much paperwork they need to get through. Mm -hmm. In the city itself, we have organizations like Startup Peoria that right. runs through the EDC. We have the Business Incubator uh, that the city poured a lot of money into getting started up on West Main Street. Mm -hmm. Are those doing the job? And if they're not, what can they do better? Uh, I can't say they're not doing the job is uh, I still go, go back to the root problem is that it's not diversified right now we're not really celebrating our cultures uh, but those are great ideas this, mm -hmm. this is exactly what we need in, in our city uh, what I would do is, is encourage these same programs to uh, you know open up a little bit more take some risk here and there that's, mm -hmm. that's calculated uh, and also just celebrate one another's culture let's try to think of those cultural things mm -hmm. that can bring a city together and and is actually uh good for the people outside of our community to be attracted mm -hmm. to our community uh, we we have to target some of our funds we have to target some of these programs 
to meet the need of the people that's most in need. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a problem is, you know, well, these this may not be a problem, but that is the idea going forward with this uh, citizens uh, investment strategy that we have on our platform is that we should have programs like these mm-hmm. that walk people through each step, no matter if it's regulations or red tape or mm-hmm. anything like that. The city can start these programs or encourage these programs and let's just walk through it I don't the idea of just passing some papers out or a booklet out and say you read it and if you can understand everything then do what we're asking for and fill out the forms and bring it back and then we'll give you the you know mm-hmm. okay that's fine and Danny but we need that uh, that program where it's going to you can mm-hmm. walk people through to have a successful startup business. Yeah, one of the things we were talking about before has been your interest in trying to get more of those opportunities created in areas of need or in higher unemployment in mm-hmm. in the city. And we'll, we'll tackle the the whole disparity question mm-hmm. in a minute. But I want to ask you how how you would encourage places to take those calculated risks perhaps in starting up businesses in higher unemployment neighborhoods? Uh, you know, sometimes it's about reaching to these communities that's in need and, and bringing them in. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not can get to these communities right off top. We have to do a lot of development in these areas. But even as we do the, the development side of it, uh, as we're talking about it, somewhere in this city where there will be a strong leadership and strong vision, we should have these skills being trained right now before we have the shovel-ready project Mm -hmm. ready to go. So as we speak, someone somewhere that does not have the skills uh, socially or uh, physically or like skills, that program should be going to now. Mm -hmm. So simultaneously, when the shovel-ready project is ready, these people be ready instead of getting getting to the point where we're ready to break dirt and ground Mm -hmm. Uh, and the employees are the same as the, the, the contracts are going to the, the same people and uh, not giving more opportunities to uh, other, uh, you know, the, other citizens mm-hmm. to strengthen our districts, all districts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, obviously, with, with the incentives that you've talked about, too, City Hall would play a role in, in it with some of these businesses. What What's your cutoff on, on determining – as a member of the council, as a guy who'd be voting on this, mm. when the risk is acceptable and when it isn't. We're, we're facing risk right now on, on some big development projects of perhaps losing some city money that was, was put in, but that risk is there with everything. Peoria County faced that risk on a much smaller basis mm. with, with a restaurant that they gave incentives to, and that money has not been, been fully repaid. How do you gauge what's an acceptable risk with taxpayer money? Uh, with tax, taxpayer money, I think those who are paying taxes should have the most say. Uh, they are the bosses. Uh, we are public servants. Mm-hmm. And uh, to offer a service or an ideal, uh, it has to be a strong vision and ideal behind it. But, of course, some faith also hope and, and togetherness so the community has to come together uh, we can present the ideal and mm-hmm. the vision and I think commonly we will all share the same vision for our city uh, that's no doubt mm-hmm. uh, but those ideals should be ran across obviously the council uh, and, uh, in city hall 
uh, the experts behind it, uh, p developers of how we get this done. But the idea of giving closed door sessions um, and and backdoor deals where we're giving incentives to businesses that we're not really creating the right atmosphere mm -hmm. for them to prosper. Mm -hmm. So some of these are, may have may be needed. I think. You know, the thing of a horseshoe is a big U. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we need to do a big U-turn mm -hmm. and uh, start creating an atmosphere for these projects first before all the apartments, before all the lofts and mm -hmm. uh, luxury apartments and things like that so that we can have a stable, wealthy community of one that uh, can support these ideals but also attractive, uh, an attractive mm -hmm. community where we can also bring people and they will actually love and want to revisit our area, uh, the city of Peoria. Yeah. And I hear you saying you want a little more transparency on on these things, not having them all agreed to or discussed before they're rolled out to the public. Some developers are, are nervous about that because you know they don't want to to bring an idea out into the public until they know that they've got big support for it. How do you how do you square that circle? Uh, that's fine with me. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to shift shift the focus from the so much from the, the developers uh, so giving the power back to the community and small businesses uh, that is the point uh, we are making these deals and in, with taxpayer money and mm -hmm. bonds and these are issued to developers and we can stay there uh, they're successful obviously they can they can build these places but how do you balance out their success when businesses, that's, that's a risk. Some risks make it, some don't. But when you're talking about taxpayers and not having them involved in the decision-making uh, or informed, mm -hmm. that's just bad leadership. It's a smack in the face. How many times does this community have to be smacked in the face with new uh, backdoor deals and, and then be shocked that it wasn't a follow follow through. Mm -hmm. You know, we should have open communication with these businesses to know and see things happening, and no surprises to be, mm -hmm. you know, presented. We should not be hit with a surprise if we're going to keep active communication, open communication, mm -hmm. with our community and these private developers. Okay, and I want to get back to some of the communication stuff a little bit later on because you've really focused on on encouraging the the community and community involvement a lot in many of the discussions. So that also plays into this next series of questions. I alluded to the the inequality before, uh, and as as you know and the city knows, uh, Peoria was ranked on a, a aggregator website that that looked at mm. regional data, state data. They still haven't released how they came up with you know the one two three four five rankings, right, but right. they called Peoria the worst city in America for African Americans to live this past year, and we were ranked fifth or sixth the year before that. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what the rankings are, I don't think I've heard anybody who said it isn't the problem. The, right. the issues they identified: unemployment, crime, right. uh, lack of educational opportunity, uh, all sorts of issues. Mm -hmm. What are, are the critical things, and I heard you talk about employment mm -hmm. opportunities before, what are the critical things that the city has to tackle first, and what ones does it have the biggest responsibility for? So, 
I can't put one above the other. Mm-hmm. So I, I still have to say economic development and education mm-hmm. both at the same time uh, because there are different stages for each one to grow and be developed, basically. But uh, if we don't have a strong ec- educational system, if we're not encouraging our students to do the best and, and holding them to a standard, mm-hmm. uh, asking for their 100% effort, um, and also our, 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 our teachers and curriculums and things like mm-hmm. that and our leadership. Uh, and I, I have no doubt that we have the right leadership here in Peoria. We have the right teachers here in Peoria. But when people are going through such hardships mm-hmm. that this, uh, this, what is the pulse, mm-hmm. is, is bringing up to our city, mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter uh, if it's numbers five or six, or, uh, but number one is bad, mm-hmm. uh, six is bad, Every, anything is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we have so much potential here, uh, that is, like I said, one of the main reasons I ran, mm-hmm. but not the only reason. We have issues that we have to address on both sides. Mm-hmm. But to say that I'm running on these these platforms, I want four years from now to look a lot different than it does today. I want these problems to actually have some uh, gain some ground, and we'll mm-hmm. see some evidence that. This is working because we could put stats behind everything uh, when it comes to crime. It's not so much the homicides that people are getting caught on Mm -hmm. uh, or not getting caught on. It's not so much the shooting, uh, trying to prevent all that stuff. The problem is that if it happens and it doesn't uh, decline drastically, it's that 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 person that's an innocent bystander. Mm-hmm. We hear this news frequently in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we need to prevent. Uh, I don't want. I don't think it's smart for anybody to play down crime when it comes to our, our safety. But to hang your hat on something, mm-hmm. on when somebody's life is really depending on an inch or two mm-hmm. up or down. And that life was saved, but it was some injuries. Mm-hmm. That's still too close to call, and nothing's working good enough for that. When when that incident, mm-hmm. when that family has to go through that, so we really have to bring mm-hmm. our community together. To get back to your point, I got mm-hmm. strayed a little nah, bit, but mm-hmm. um, our community has to grow with one another. We have mm-hmm. to have some education. We have to have jobs that have uh, livable wages, mm-hmm. but we also have to have a sh- social structure. We have to believe in one another. We have to have that diversity and and learn each other cultures and mm-hmm. what we expect from one another uh, and that still goes back to open communication uh, and, and community we we really need to tackle the word community mm-hmm. and, and what's what's your recipe for addressing all of this what what initiatives would you push to get us there on on economic development or or education where where you're working with with school boards that don't report to you at all uh they don't have to report to me. I can report to them, you know, uh, mm-hmm. making myself available. So everything is still about communication and being proactive going forward uh, as mayor of the city. So the, uh, some some issues that we're addressed that needs to be addressed is uh, construction. You know, we need new buildings in some of these parts of town. Mm-hmm. Some of these houses, some of them need new uh, renovation. And mm-hmm. uh, if, if people don't see money that is so-called poured into our these communities in, in distress, 
uh, where where is their hope going to go? Where do they see their future? But when you see a new construction and standards, not like a uh, if it's not like a Walmart mm-hmm. uh, compared to a Dollar General, that's where the person's standards are going to be in that community. Mm-hmm. But when they see a, a building that's newly constructed and it's a multi-purpose use to it mm-hmm. uh, and, and walk-friendly, they uh, somebody might drive past that and say, "Ooh, I see a need in that building, mm-hmm. and I, I have an idea. Let's get with the, the the right people. They'll walk me through this program, and I can have that." idea turn into action and that action and vision turn into uh, something that builds our wealth <laughs> and, and is sustainable for that community. Our communities need wealth circulating within their community <laughs> within our community and networking with all of our districts <laughs> that is working with every citizen for every, every citizen uh, because somebody's footing that bill when we have underserved uh, districts other districts are going to want to foot that bill. So it's in the best benefit for everyone. Is that working now on on the East Bluff between between the money that, that LISC has put in to creating new apartments and homes there, between the money that the city has taken from the residential TIF district to help on home renovations and improvements for existing homes there? It, is that working on the East Bluff, and is that a model for South Peoria? I want. I would say it's more of a model than that it's working. Okay. Uh, extremely, like it's, it's not reaching enough people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not putting enough money into it or uh, uh, funding into it because we have a whole south end, and, and you know we had these uh, houses that go up. Mm-hmm. We, we, it made a good dent, but that was 15 years ago. These houses are being sold now, and uh, you're talking about 15, 20 years ago. And there's that's the newest residential constructions, and these list uh, houses are are good too. Uh, the TIF funding is good, but you know we got to take a look at some of these things because it's not effective affecting uh, these communities to where our citizens are feeling that they're are they they are being paid paid attention to hmm. that the city is focused on them and we see them. Uh, the, the sad thing is that sometimes workers and city employees kind of go up about it as if uh, we don't have we, we have a lack of uh, jobs or, or development that need to go on. I mean, once you start one project, hey, let's get it done because we need we have plenty, thousands of these same jobs, infrastructure, mm-hmm. uh, construction, uh, it, it, electrical. Everything that it takes into building a new construction, plumbing, uh, fire, everything, mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of work to do. So we need to really grow economically so we can fund these things uh, and have the right income coming into our city so that we can address these issues. And it's, it's, it's evident to our citizens in our community and the outside community because this polling came from another place. Mm-hmm. So if they see something in Little Peoria amongst all the zip codes in this nation, mm-hmm. uh, that's really speaking really bad about our leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that the city did in the last year and a half is they spent money and got 
got grants to bring in National Resource Network to do an evaluation of, of the city, particularly mm-hmm. the South End and, and some of the disparity and poverty there. Mm-hmm. One of their large recommendations coming out of that was that the city needs to sort of attack this with one mind and one voice. Mm-hmm. And they say that that requires someone or an organization taking the lead position mm-hmm. on that role. You work in a not-for-profit in, in your daily life for your, mm-hmm. your day job uh, at Peoria Area Food Bank. Yes, sir. Uh, from some of your experience working for one not-for-profit, what are the challenges that are out there in getting all the not-for-profits in the city to push on, on one goal at a one time, agenda. whatever that is, mm-hmm with someone else up at the top telling them, here's what our goal is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think I'm going to run this word into the ground, <laughs> but it still comes to communication and community. Uh, when we have a and vision, when we have a, a set vision that is made uh, from the community, mm-hmm. uh, from these leaders, from up, up at top, so, you, uh, so to speak, and uh, city council are make, making these things as one goal, mm-hmm. Uh, being the right leader has the right personality and characteristics as a leader that can reach anybody and uh, focus anybody. And that's what I would intend to do. Those are really my strongest uh, qualities because working at a non-profit, we meet a lot of downtrodden trotted people, people that have uh, little to no hope. But to put the neck on these people and not help them is really not their fault. It's mm-hmm. that person that's holding them down. Uh, so to be able to encourage them, to be able to talk to them and meet them wherever they're at, because mm-hmm. really we're all on one level. We're all supposed to be on one playing field. This affects everybody. One person's weakness is somebody else's strength. Somebody else's strength is another person. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We need to strengthen each other mm-hmm. and be strong together. So that mentality in a leader is what will make things happen. Uh, we we don't we don't need to focus on the negativity uh, that we're addressed to. We we need to focus on the the positivity, not the problem, the solutions, and have a, a really good look at ourselves and motivate ourselves number one, and then motivate our community mm-hmm. to come up with these ideals, uh, set these goals. Everybody plays a part. And everybody achieves it, and everybody accomplishes it, so everybody can, uh, you know, have a sense of. I don't want to say it like a, it's you know demeaning a little when you have a, a sense of doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we can say together we did it. Right. Group achievement. Yep. Group mm-hmm. achievements, community achievements. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. Okay. Another problem that that does face the city is continued instances of of crime. You you alluded to some of it earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, the murder rate has been down mm-hmm. over the last several years, but we saw instances of of shootings up, uh, of, of people both shot and reports of shots fired. What needs to be done differently? Is there anything that needs to be done differently in the city's policing strategy? Uh, well, I won't uh, comment against what policemen do. I think they have a, a tremendously hard job. Uh, anybody to get paid for to put their life on the line every day, along with our other uh, public services uh, firemen, they do the same thing. I have a deep love for for them. 
personally in my life. Uh, so I can't comment and say what they need to do better or their strategy at, at attacking these things. But we need to be honest with ourselves and, and take a look at these programs. Uh, if these programs haven't uh, benefited this community on a consistent basis, mm -hmm. uh, this up and down thing is not good enough. You can be down here in, in the homicide, but shootings are up. That doesn't say anything mm -hmm. about the program. That says the program is not working. It's the. Are you talking about don't shoot specifically? Don't, or? don't okay. shoot uh, is one of the initiative, and I'm not saying it's a bad one, but it, it's not. If it's not making the noise, I mean, in 12 years, you don't uh, hang your hat on somebody's. And I hope this is not <laughs> this is politically correct, but uh, you don't hang on somebody's aim being off or. Hmm. Uh, the, the fortune that nobody else innocent got hurt uh, because these shootings mean something more uh, and that's one of them is that the wind blew a little bit that's not something that we should be proud of and so we should keep looking at these programs fix these things uh, or, or come up with other solutions other uh, things that we can do uh, yeah we, we have a lot of things out here that we just need to look at the programs itself and mm -hmm. uh, tweak it where we need to. Okay, what what about the resident officer program that, that was started in, in the last eight years and what can be done with that? Uh, is, is it effective where it is and should it be expanded? Uh, I think it should be expanded. I think it is uh, really effective to the, to the magnitude of most citizens in our community would like to have police presence. So how active those police are in that resident mm -hmm. area, in that neighborhood, I don't know. I know I see cars. It's one close to my, my residence in my district. But outside of that district, and if it's only eight in, in our community, uh, if that's what the community is asking for, if they want to see a, a patrol car in their neighborhood consistently every single day basically or every night where crimes happen uh, the time that crimes crimes happen then it should be expanded to that mm -hmm. uh, point at least okay uh, let's talk about some some issues of, of current debate in the city over over what to do with the issues fair to say that you favor the the green solution for dealing with the EPA problem you, you've spoken about that mm -hmm. but one of the other questions there is whether or not the city should require uh, in, in hiring contractors should require contractors to be a higher percentage minority do mm -hmm. you favor that? Uh, I do. Uh, I think it's because it's so lopsided now, and I think I've answered that uh, in the, the last couple forms, and it's uh, kind of strange how you know some of these things get kidnapped. But uh, uh, to address that issue, yes, I think minorities should be being trained now for these jobs. They should uh, be offered these contracts in the midst of a one big contract, maybe there's a spinoff and there's three contracts out of one mm -hmm. to uh, promote that the city is actually trying to change these things. Um, uh, as far as the, the, the green solution, yes, I'm 100% behind that. 
but we have an administration uh, nationally in federal dollars that may be able to save taxpayers money. Uh, so we need to, like again, we need to take a look at some of our uh, things that we're, our issues that we as a community are going to be faced with and make sure that we're prepared to uh, start the shovel ready, but also have the wisdom and patience behind uh, trying to understand. We, the state of Illinois don't, don't have a budget yet. Mm -hmm. So for us to fork money and keep having the solution of either taking money from citizens to pay for this or fork money into or take bonds out into a project without uh, getting state news, uh, government, mm -hmm. or what, what can happen federally that will benefit our community uh, where we don't have to put too much of our money into it, but we can start and create jobs and, and, and also uh, solve the, the problem. Uh, I think that's just a wise thing to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so you'd go a little slower until we knew that we had money coming in from elsewhere to assist with it? Absolutely. It's no, it's no reason to talk about it so much unless we're just planning what we would do and how we would do it and, and who we would target for you know, these contracts and, and, and hiring. Uh, that that's the only thing that should be on the table. But how we pay for it, we can scrape and scrounge. We have other things we need to do uh, that while we're waiting uh, to do, like economic growth, that will help bring more. Uh, we're going to need that too. We're going to bring more tax revenue to our city. So the longer we don't wait on those issues, the less, let's say, city income we're going to have. And we should we should be making. Uh, Taking, taking advantage of all of our time. There, there shouldn't be a, a day wasted from a city standpoint that we're not actively trying to uh, draw more city revenue and relieve pressure off our citizens. Mm -hmm. So, okay, you you mentioned earlier, uh, <laughs> obliquely, not not directly, the the Riverfront Apartments project. Mm -hmm. um, you're not wild about that. Not too wild about it, uh, because again, we're under. That community is underserved. We need some development down there too. Uh, it, it just it, it it boggles me to look at our city and say things you know are getting better, but behind the scenes, I think we are going to be faced with some major surprises too when we come to developing these areas. Uh, the the first, second, and third districts are going to need so much attention financially to for from inf infrastructure to housing uh, to economic development, education. It's so much that we have to pay attention to that elephant in the, that's in the room. We need to start taking a bite from each end of that elephant, you know, because or we're going to keep being faced with these mind-boggling uh, ideals or issues that we have that's costing us hundreds of millions of dollars but seem to think it's okay to throw uh, a few $10 million and $30 million to developers when we have an elephant in the room. We're allowed, we're, we're as citizens of this community over the last 12 years, we're, we're allowing, or decades, obviously, but three or four decades, things have gotten worse, I guess, in Peoria. But the reason I'm running today is that the last decade, at least, 
or the last two decades, it hasn't got better. We grew to the worst city or metropolitan mm-hmm. area, area um, because of these the lack of leadership when it comes to these funds, buying things that would be benefit companies that would be benefited be beneficial to our community. But that's going to go to hundreds of millions of dollars. Combined flu over, so that's hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> to redevelop our communities uh, in the districts that's lacking, that's hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, what are we doing about that? Uh, uh, issues of, we, we may have some drawbacks about Caterpillar and things like that. Uh, those are major jobs that's going to move. We, we want to downplay too much in this community. We need to take that serious. We, could, we need to take the possibility of anything else, the layoffs, or moving more mm. uh, as, as a real possibility and stop putting this hope out there like where well, we're going to hold somebody to something. They're their own company. You, you can't hold them or else they'll be here and they wouldn't, wouldn't have changed. But those 300 jobs could be significant to the communities that these houses are in. And that's just being frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have a, a housing market that's <laughs> for sale signs are going to go up in an instant, uh, our community need to, be, mm-hmm. need to be concerned and we need to hold people that's accountable uh, accountable for it. And, uh, hey, you, you can't have wild remarks without having any accountability or disciplinary actions at it uh, uh, towards it then, you know, our community is not doing what we should do and we're not running as efficient as we we can be and obviously we don't have the right vision going forward or else we will be stabilized and that's not something you have to do for four years you can do that over a decade you can do that over a couple decades but to to fail failure will take decades because it's that hard because people are that resilient people are hopeful people will strive we will recreate ourselves and reinvent ourselves and evolve that's just people that's nature okay uh, we're running a little low on time I want to get your opinion uh, real quick uh, next year the city will vote on whether or not to begin the process of looking at buying back the city waterworks uh, mm-hmm. is it worth the city beginning to explore that process and, and spending the money that would be involved in it uh, actually I know uh, that some of the the, the diligence behind the facts behind buying the water company or not uh, has been put in. So I don't think that we're going to be faced with this big bill uh, of a a million dollars to get somebody to come in and do this. Well, most of that is looking at the actual economic numbers. The CEO council report basically says there's a lot we don't know about it because Illinois American won't share any of their data with us. Mm -hmm. So if that's the Mm -hmm. case, yes, I'm I'm actually talking about the CEO council Mm -hmm. report. Uh, And you know, with what I've gathered, it would be beneficial for our city if we owned it. So to get the experts in, to get the, the information mm-hmm. from the water company, uh, if that's something they're not willing to share, then okay, I can understand that we have to spend that type of money. Mm-hmm. But we still should be uh, really, uh, in my opinion, I would say yes, mm-hmm. uh, because in the long run, it's beneficial to the generations after us. Uh, after it's all paid off, the revenue will come back to our city water prices can eventually go down the longer we put this uh, this off the higher that tax go, mm-hmm. goes up if we would have made this decision the last go round we would have been five years ahead you know of, mm-hmm. of paying it uh, unions will see that their jobs are still going to be the same and there's options mm-hmm. uh, into owning it and mm-hmm. operating it at the same time but the longer we wait 
the higher the infrastructure side of it, the uh, renovations of it, that it's just decaying. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening to our city under this leadership. It's constant decay, always kicking the can down the road, uh, throwing a, throwing a, you know, it's, it's one of those issues that we have to start attacking and getting ahead of these mm -hmm. issues in our city. We need to get ahead of our economics. We need to get ahead of our uh, education, our wealth, our, our growth. It's just we need to get ahead of all of our issues that we're faced with. Mm -hmm. Voters have a choice to make on February 28th, and if you're fortunate enough to make it into the general election, they have another choice to make on April 4. Yes. Why you instead of the other two candidates? Uh, you know, one candidate, the incumbent, he had his tenure, uh, this 12 years, uh, six more years as a councilman at large, I believe. Uh, that's 18 years. In the last 18 years, I don't see the growth of Peoria. Uh, sometimes it seems like during the election, things seem to be brightened up. The media seems to give a lot of attention to certain things, but not the issue. So when we take a look at the issues, I'm the best candidate because I've seen those issues in a better day, have, having better days. Uh, and I want to see that to come. I want to see those days coming back for all of our district because it relieves, like I said, it relieves the pressure, taxes and things like that uh, for for everyone that's contributing to our community. Um, and that's going to be beneficial to me personally. My property tax is going to go down just like yours. My sale taxes are going to go back down just like yours. We probably could ease, ease a couple cents off our gas taxes uh, citywide, you know, uh, and that's what I want to do. That's what I want to get our city to a point where we can have those options or choices to alleviate sales taxes because that would come in another way. Uh, drop our property taxes. You know, I don't want our only uh, solution as a council to be this raise taxes. We have never heard under the current incumbent's leadership and his experience I don't remember one time that they said, okay, we can lower taxes. Let's take away these taxes. It's always been higher taxes uh, and less growth, economic growth. 47% um, in District 1 unemployment. Do you think that 27% would be better than 47% and beneficial to every citizen in every district in, every, in our city? That's the things that, that need to be tackled, and that's what I will stand for. I'm not going to sit up here and give some talking points. I'm going to be genuinely concerned and serve this community like I'm doing every single day. And I have done that for six years with just a food bank, not for personal gain, but to help somebody and get a thank you at the end of the day and a God bless you. That's all I'm in for. it. I can go try to get other jobs if that was here, you know, and it, and I can meet those skills. And, and I'm, I'm deeply sincere about that. I have no gain running for this, but I'm, I'm a private citizen concerned about our politics, concerned about our city, and said this is just enough. You know, we, we have to have somebody sincere and serious and can communicate and make good relationships around the so-called horseshoe. You know, we need to make that happen. But if it plays in Peoria, that slogan has love. We're the guinea pigs of the world. We've that slogan means that we're really the guinea pig of the world. 
they come here, they play us, and we ridicule them or we give them our blessings, then they go somewhere and they prosper. Uh, that's not a good way for us to live, to be the guinea pig. You know, we have to, um, if we're that good, <laughs> then we're overlooking our talent and our potential as a city. And we're not ex exporting those talents or goods from our city. We're not creating wealth. We're creating, we're good at creating wealth for other people. And that leadership needs to change. We're creating wealth for private industries and developers, which is not bad, but we're not focusing on our wealth as a community and our people. And that's why I want people to vote for me. Okay. Corey Thomas on your ballot February 28, alongside Marie Kennel and Jim Artis. Please remember to vote, whether voting early or voting on Election Day, February 28. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Chris. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.